My name is Dom, 8th generation Arizonan, activist, artist, and I've been working in the campaign world for over 10 years. I'm Senya. I'm an artist, activist, Chicana, and I've been involved in politics for over 10 years. We've both lived in Arizona for a long time. In Arizona, let's face it, we've, we've got, got issues. issues. Alright everybody, welcome to the grand reopening of Arizona, I mean, I mean the We've Got Issues uh, video podcast. Uh, my name is Dominic, and uh, how are we doing, Senya? Danny, how are we doing? Uh, as good as you can be when uh, you can't go get sushi in your restaurant, but that might be changing soon. Dude, I got that Safeway sushi all day, dude. Mm. Okay, I'll just have to make it. All right, Danny, how are you, man? I'm actually doing quite amazingly since at the time of recording today we are celebrating Mexican Independence Day, one of my favorite holidays. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Wait, what's going on? It's not... Uh, who, okay, who wants to educate this fool on uh, people that might not be Mexican Independence What are you talking about? It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Mexican Independence Day is on the 15th of September. This is just Cinco de Drinco. Exactly, that's what we celebrate. It's Did anyone get Corona? Day. Did anyone get Corona to celebrate? Too soon? Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is uh, worried about not getting Corona right now. Uh, well, apparently, uh, in our first segment, read this. We're finding out that, you know, we're paying the price for years of cuts in Arizona. Arizona spends less on public health than almost any other state in the country. Who would have thought not investing in healthcare would lead to not being prepared for a health crisis? Turns out when you're number four in the whole country on your healthcare spend, on your public healthcare spending, you're not going to be very well prepared to respond to a global pandemic. Eh, makes sense, I guess. Yeah, kind of tracks. Compounded injustice. Tribal governments have yet to receive the money they are owed from the latest stimulus bill. Money that's much needed during a pandemic that has hit Native communities especially hard. I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Navajo Nation is among the top four places in the nation that have been hit the hardest by the coronavirus. Why does this sound strangely like every other thing that has happened between the United States of America and the tribes of our country? It's almost as if we have a systematic issue. Hmm. This is where we are. Tarana Burke and Rebecca Traster offer their thoughts as the progressive movement grapples with Tara Reid's sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden. So Tarana Burke has a 14 tweet uh, take on the whole situation. I think people should find the link below uh, to read the whole thing. What I wanted to read was her was her final tweet in the series. I think it really talks to you know where we are with this uh it reads survivors deserve more than being used as a political football by disinterested parties and a culture of acknowledging harm can't exist if we continue to view sexual violence as a catastrophic outlier rather than embedded toxic element of our culture i think that speaks to that speaks pretty deeply to how we have to acknowledge that it's embedded into the culture at large in order to be able to really tackle it. Treating it as a one-off thing or treating it, treating sexual assault or sexual violence as a, just an outlier, as an accident, as an anomaly, it keeps us from actually addressing the issue at hand. 
So um, Rebecca Traster offered a much longer, a longer take in The Cut from New York Magazine. The headline here is, The Biden trap as the candidate faces credible assault allegations, his progressive female colleagues are being offered a poisoned chalice. Um, so Rebecca really goes into depth on how uh, if any, any woman who ends up becoming Biden's vice presidential pick, as progressive or as moderate or whoever she may be, ends up becoming a co-signer to the sexual assault allegations that uh, Biden is, is coming into. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, there are no good answers here in, in, in the vice president, in the choice for whoever ends up becoming the vice presidential pick. Like that, that woman, that person, the individual who becomes the vice presidential pick, is not they're they're going to be faced with a with a number of issues um as biden faces his sexual assault allegations so this really goes to show how one humans are messy two our political the political moment right now is complicated and they're the how deeply entrenched sexual assault is in our culture and in our political system it's there there are no real good answers to this entire situation and um and it's in, it's an embattled one. It's an embattled situation. However, these two takes are pretty a pretty good place to start to try to understand and disentangle it a little bit. Um, so moving on from politics nation, nationwide to 10 years ago in Arizona, um, resilience in the desert. Uh, one Arizona tells the story of the fight against Arizona's infamous racial profiling law, SB 1070, and everything that's happened in the decades since. Uh, so this is actually a project that we had we had the privilege and honor of working on working on. Uh, we helped one Arizona put together some of the highlights of the journey that we've taken from SB 1070, mm -hmm. uh, some of the victories that we've been able to have and uh, kind of where collectively our movement wants to be in the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed we got to interview. What did we interview? 21 people? 27, I think. 27 people. And in my opinion, we needed to interview another 27 to really capture the story that I wanted to capture. But then, you know, what could we do with all that footage really was the question we started to ask ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it. we kind of got a little bit away from ourselves because both of us have spent such a long time, one, with the, pe with the people in this community, and two, thinking about how um, immigration and how kind of all of all of that is intertwined with each other and how nice. the livelihoods and well-being of our communities are all intersecting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but I really like how the website turned out. Yeah, um, we made a good website. Uh, yeah. We with our friends over at Anthony, Anthony and Marcus at Obvious, Monse at One Arizona. One Arizona. Um, thank, special thanks to Emily from Progress Now and Abril from yeah. Lucha and Aridelsi from and this was a, a huge like we got to help one arizona with this project one arizona is you know is the is the uh source for this website yeah i have to check it out uh there's we're actually working at finishing up a three-part mini doc series to, yeah. uh, to be a companion to resilience in the desert yeah um the first of the first of the, the videos is up online mm -hmm. and we're actually going to show you a trailer to it now yeah 10 years ago, we were sitting here at this lawn and we said SB 1070 was going to be the end of divisive anti-immigrant legislation. And today, we prove that we keep our promise.
launching at the same time as this video is going to be part two of that three-part series and coming uh, really soon is part three so part two is going to go into the 10 years of p building power and how we built that power and the struggle that we faced in our community as we built that power and part three is going to you know be more of a celebration of our wins and you know that the fight isn't over you know obviously we aren't where we want to be especially nationally it feels like all the things that we are making um, progress on uh, solving in our state has just gone national and now we need to fight it nationally so that doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate the wins we've had but it definitely means that we can't get comfortable and we can't stop fighting yeah complacency is our enemy here and we like our like the people like our haters here in our state like the legislators we were the legislators here built the model for hate that has now gone national right we in fighting them have built the model if the model for overcoming this hate in our next section listen up this company failed us workers at amazon target instacart and other companies organized strikes on friday to demand better pay and working conditions including protective equipment and pay time off so friday was may day and it couldn't have been a better day for the for this strike um there was a there was a nationwide call to stop buying at amazon stop buying at target don't uh, don't order don't order groceries just for this one day in order to demonstrate the power of the worker um, they've been demanding better, uh, better protective equipment. They know that they're vital in this crisis. They and they have not been treated as the professionals that they are. They haven't been given the equipment needed for them to be healthy and successful at their work. And we're all depending on them right now. This may be a rarity in uh, in today's world, but we actually had a vice president, uh, one of Amazon's top officials, agree with us in in this sort of case um uh, th just this past week tim bray who was uh engineer and vice president at amazon resigned citing that he also didn't think that it was fair the way that workers were being treated and also citing that workers have been getting uh, fired for complaining about working conditions and bringing them to light sort of you know whistleblower uh type stuff and he saw that going on from the inside. He thought it was wrong. So, yes, he has effectively resigned and is no longer a part of Amazon. Wow, dude. I think this is just one example of how workers' rights have been have been chipped away at in um, in our country. And they're, we're, we're at a moment where we're all kind of realizing how, how screwed we are a little bit. And mm -hmm. there's no better way to deal with it than for us to come together unionize organize and make sure that we're holding and we're keeping it we have each other's backs see uh so next up phoenix is sitting on 293 million of relief for families mayor gallego and counselors Nowakowski, williams stark and waring voted against releasing money for covid relief in tuesday may 5th city council meeting this money could pay for food and housing for struggling families particularly those out of work due to the pandemic um, it's, it was honestly surprising to see the list of counselors that voted against releasing some of this relief. I like some of these people. Yeah, I mean, I do too. And $293 million is is a chunk of change and it can honestly go a long way to help some of the families, at least in the short term. Um, and out of a city budget, it really isn't a whole, a whole lot of money. Right. But it could go a long way to help people who need it. It's food on the table. It's roof over heads. It's making sure that kids have diapers and food families are taken care of you know what what i'm happy about and what i'm happy about in all of our shows and you know and and what the good folks over at progress now prepare for us is that every 
episode, we're going to have a section where we're doing something about it in our do this section. Um, one of the big things that we're trying to do right now is raise a million dollars, I think is the goal. I don't know if we'll hit a million dollars. I hope we do. Uh, so far, we've raised around $150,000 to help undocumented families make it through. The Arizona Undocumented Workers Relief Fund will help undocumented families, many of whom don't qualify for stimulus checks or unemployment to meet their basic needs. They're on their own, and we're trying to step in so their families aren't falling through the cracks. Please donate now. One Arizona is matching all gifts up to $50,000. So if you donate right away, it's like you're donating twice as much. The link is uh, going to be in the show notes. In the show notes below. Another way to get involved is to give to the Phoenix Mutual Aid Network. This Saturday from 8 to 11, the Phoenix Mutual Aid Network is taking donations to assist in COVID relief. Donations of phone charger cables, tablets, iPads, extension cords, power strips, plastic tubs, and large storage containers are urgently needed. Join the network of volunteers to give aid in the greater Phoenix area. Curbside drop-off in the show notes. For this next section, we're going to phone a friend. We're going to have them call us. Uh, so there was a moment earlier today when we got a very convenient call from some of our friends at Lucha, Living United for Change in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just play the clip? Uh, well, first, let me talk about what, what they asked me. I think it's right. a very important question. They asked me if I had heard, if I had heard about what Doug Ducey recently did. Trying to reopen things in the state in order to, to, to spur the economy by putting lives at risk. So he's saying it's cool, you know, just go ahead and let um, a bunch of people sit in a barber chair and uh, and get a haircut. That's you think that's like worth risking your life to have good hair, I guess, for some people. I've never, ever, ever had a hairstylist style my hair from six feet away. I don't know how you would even make that possible. Have you ever seen Edward Scissorhands? I mean, that's an anomaly and shouldn't be chosen as an example. <laughs> that's only like three feet, right? What's your even with a long arm span? How long? How far could that be? I mean, those topiary bushes that he trimmed looked freaking great. Mm. Yes. Voila. Edward is not working <laughs> at your local barber shop. So you know, when I was asked uh, if I agreed with Ducey's move to to start reopening uh, businesses around the state again, I obviously answered, uh, no, I do not agree with that. After hearing from our community members, which has created the people's bailouts, like I said before, the community believes this is the best way to ensure families can stay home as we battle the COVID-19, but also helps us um, make sure we don't have to worry about rent, food, shelter, and that we can receive pay leave during this time. And we want to make sure we gather as many signatures for the petition to do C2C and implement this policy demand. And I was wondering if you could sign it. I could go ahead and send you the link to your phone number and you can check it out. Yeah. Can you tell us the, the can you tell me the link out loud too, please? Yeah, no problem. Uh, let me go ahead and type it down so I can read it to you to make sure this is the right one. one cool. Second. Okay, awesome. So the link would be Lucha. Mm-hmm. And then AZ, okay. like Arizona, AZ, okay. dot org, slash people's bailout. People's bailout. So luchaaz.org forward slash people's bailout. Mm -hmm, that is correct. Cool. So with you guys and your newfound friends over here. Uh, what do you guys think of this uh, being outside of the studio and recording from our homes? 
no complying with the whole social distancing thing. I mean, I think it's working all right. We still have all the equipment. Uh, yeah. We have a couple of unexpected guests every once in a while, but I don't yeah. think it's too bad. I think uh, someone, uh, you know, saved the uh, neighborhood new kittens and brought them home. Yeah, they're taking over our house, and uh, Danny is not happy about it. Free cats to literally anybody. <laughs> they're precious, and they're socialized. But all they right. poop everywhere. <laughs> um... We've got issues. We'd like to thank Progress Now Arizona, Living United for Change in Arizona, the Puente Human Rights Movement, One Arizona, Obvious, and everyone who sat for interviews for the Resilience in the Desert Project. We've Got Issues was written by our friends at Progress Now Arizona with collaboration by Dom and Zenia. Sound and video provided by Danny Orona and Sun Digital. Theme music by Dom Medina. Edited by Dom Medina. Cat Wrangling by Zenia Orona. We've Got Issues is a Fuerte Network production. Bye. Bye.